listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello teachers, welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. Great to have you here as we start moving slowly towards the end of season six. While we're almost there, it's been another great season. We've had some amazing guests, some great feedback, and I'm so grateful that you're able to join us for the last few remaining episodes of season six. What are we going to talk about in today's episode? Well, we're actually going to talk about navigating the online ESL job market. Why? Because I know this is something that we get a lot of requests about, we get a lot of questions about, we get a lot of um, requests to cover. So this is something that I want us to go over in today's episode. And thankfully, we have an amazing guest joining us, Christina. She's a seasoned teacher, coach and mentor. She talks to us about different insights and ways you can empower yourself as an online English teacher. And she's going to share with us some of the tools, um, opportunities and different ways that you can hopefully land your dream teaching position. So before we get into today's interview with Christina, just a couple of reminders for all of our listeners as always. Um, first of all, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram if you're not following us at ESL Talk Podcast. That way you can find out a little bit more about our guests, engage with myself and Faye, and also have links to all upcoming content and freebies and extra material that we have. It's all up there on Instagram for you to enjoy. In addition, as well, our website esl-talk.com where you can view all of our previous episodes for free. You can find out a little bit more about what we offer and what we do on the podcast, as well as find out a little bit more about our guests. And most of all, if you'd like to be a guest, you can just simply click the button at the top, be a guest, fill in a few little pieces of information about what you'd like to come on and talk about, and we can set up a meeting so that you can join and be part of the podcast in the future. So why don't we bring in our guest today, Christina, who's going to talk to us about navigating the online ESL job market. Here we go. Hey. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Christina. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. So in today's episode, we're talking about navigating the online ESL job market. Before we get into that, um, could you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to get into this um, area of coaching and mentoring and, and kind of, you know, your aims to improve the industry landscape? Sure. Uh, to be honest, my family is uh, pretty much my main inspiration. I worked really hard uh, for where I am today, and uh, it was not always uh, easy uh, on my path to be uh, an experienced teacher. Uh, I learned a lot, and times were tough, but uh, I did this for them because I wanted them to have a better life um, and to have me present more often at home, to mm -hmm. have a flexible schedule, to be there when we need me. And uh, I've also seen out there a lot of fantastic educators struggle that kind of want that same thing, right? To be able to support themselves, to support their families. And uh, I wanted to kind of take my experience and what I've learned along the way and my expertise to help those people be more successful, but maybe with a few less troubles along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's really important for, for us nowadays more than ever to have that flexibility have that ability to be able to spend time with family and other commitments and just, you know, be able to build your own schedule. It, it takes time and effort, as I'm sure you know, Christina, it's not easy, but once you get up yeah. and running, it starts to get a little bit easier. Yes. Um, so in your experience, um, what are some misconceptions that exist about the online um, ESL job market? And, and what do you think we need to address? Because I see this every day. I'm sure you see this every day. Um, 
what are some things that have jumped out to you? Uh, first of all, the thing that I've seen a lot, especially since COVID came out and a lot of people really needed to uh, find a way to work is um, mm -hmm. it's not a quick way to make a buck. Um, right. It's actually a profession. A lot, a lot of us, I'm sure yourself included, we take ourselves very seriously. We professionally develop ourselves and take mm -hmm. time to own our skills and to become better teachers. So if people want to get in the industry, they should definitely understand that good paying jobs uh, with companies that are going to respect you, uh, they expect qualified and dedicated teachers, not just somebody looking to make a quick buck. Absolutely. That's a really great point. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I think on that point as well, you know, I wouldn't say that I see people arguing and bickering, but there's a lot of, um, I guess, because people, you know, like you said, people need to make money, they need to survive and they need to pay their bills. And you'll see a lot of negativity and a lot of companies sadly trying to exploit that as well. And I know you're going to get into that in a moment, but um, yes. yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, this idea of oversaturation, like what are your thoughts on this? Um, it really depends on where you look. I mean, it's all about perception. People say this all the time. I see it in social media, especially on Facebook, like, oh, it's oversaturated, the industry, it's dying. But is it really? Because if you're just paying attention to social media and Facebook groups full of teachers, full of crap jobs that you keep complaining about, then that's all you're ever going to see. But there is so much more to the industry than what is just listed on social media. And companies that are actually worth it, that are going to pay you what you're worth and value their employees, they don't hire all the time. And if they do, they very rarely post on social media. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, and and this is this is the thing as well. Like, if you're in those groups where there's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 teachers and someone's posting a job, wow, then that, that's easy for me. I don't really have to do anything. And I, but so that's kind of only one perception or one vision or one perspective that you see, like you mentioned, Christina. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's much harder to go out there and find your own little niche and do the things that are going to set you apart from everyone else. And, and this is something that I talk about all the time, but still, again, you know, we don't want to be negative, but it seems like a lot of teachers, they just think, well, I, I can speak English or I have a good level of English or I have this TEFL certification, so I'm good to go. And that might be the case for like very, you know, I would say like entry level or lower level online teaching, right. but it's not going to pay or give you that flexibility that you need. So I think right. that kind of ties into this misconception about companies, right? Right. And this is what you touched on earlier. Like no. companies, they want to demand so much from, from teachers. They want qualifications. They want you to be extra qualified and to have degrees, but then they can't even offer you a livable wage. I mean, people, I've seen people charge two to four dollars an hour. I know that it depends on where you live on. And I really sure. try not to judge people trying to make money because everybody has a different living situation. Mm -hmm. But if we want to see any kind of change in the industry, we can't let companies request things like you have to be a certain age and you can't be old or you have to be female or, you know, you have to be from a certain country. These mm -hmm. things don't make you a teacher, just like a passport and where you were born doesn't make you a native speaker. They have Absolutely. nothing to do with the quality of a teacher. Yeah, it's so true. And this is something we've talked about a lot on previous episodes as well. Like these don't dictate your skill to be able to teach um, a language, mostly English oh. for, for most of us. But I think it's it's really sad because, you know, these companies and organizations, we don't want to paint them all as terrible, evil companies because that's no. not the case for, for a lot of them. But it's just the case of perception of, well, clients, i.e. parents want 
you know, the traditional blonde hair, blue eye, white female, like that tends to be the perception or maybe not so much now, but it was in the past when I started teaching. Um, and yeah, even as native speakers, uh, we, we even face, you know, some difficulties and some challenges we shouldn't have to. And, and that's Absolutely. only amplified among non-native um, teachers. And I've worked with some incredible non-native teachers. It's not necessarily about the passport. Of course not. It's about the skills, the education, the qualifications. So Absolutely. I'm really glad to hear you're, you're advocating for this change in perception as well. So um, as an advocate for change, Christina, what, what steps do you recommend for teachers to, to contribute and to start getting involved in reshaping the industry? First, um, teachers have to be informed. Uh, know what you're worth. What are your values? What is your education, your expertise worth? Understand what your rights are as an employee for where you work and stay updated on the industry and its standards. You have to constantly read and research and keep informed of the industry because it's always changing. Uh, look what happened after COVID and the change of the laws in China. I mean, so many things have kind of shifted and changed in, in our job. So being informed is super important. Also being involved, get into ESL communities, not just job search groups, but speak up about experiences, talk about companies who have mistreated you, talk about companies who have done great things for you. It doesn't always have to be negative, but sharing builds a greater community and it's mm -hmm. powerful. It helps us kind of move forward and know what we can do. And right. don't be afraid to keep developing your skills, right? The more skilled you are, the more versatile you are, and the more you can shape your career. I just took on a new job myself. I'm teaching English and virtual reality. Right? It's a whole new school skill set that I've never even imagined that I would have. But right. I saw the opportunity and I took it because it's something that will possibly be an opportunity for me in the future. Mm -hmm, for sure. And it, it's a great opportunity. And like you said, try, try, you know, as a teacher, try to take these opportunities and, and utilize them because they're going to help you in the future and give you that opportunity to stand out, to be different, yes. to talk about different skills. The amount of times that I've, I've, I've asked or spoke to teachers, like, have you thought about doing this program or this course or this certification, whatever it is, not even related to me or what I do. And they're like, well, I can't afford that. I can't afford $200. And you, okay, that's fair. But Think about the opportunities and the doors that are opened by doing this or by trying this or taking time. Again, I know without being negative, we find a lot of teachers want to stand still where they are, which which is fine. If that works for you, that's fine. But it's by being able to move forward, you can be more relevant, be more um, qualified and you know, hopefully be able to, you know, create and craft that kind of vision that you want, like you mentioned at the start, Christina. So um, I'd always sure. say to to all our listeners, Try to embrace professional development courses, training programs. Um, if they're free, even better. Um, even yeah, better. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so again, you know, we've talked about this idea of oversaturation, unfair treatment. Um, how do we balance this while maintaining a positive and empowering approach? Like, kind of, what what way should we tackle this, Christina? <laughs> it's really difficult sometimes to uh, stay positive. Uh, in general, I mean, people by nature, they're extremely resistant to change, right? Um, but uh, I try to keep two things in mind. One, I acknowledge the realities of things. Sometimes I shout them out into groups and mm -hmm. people get really upset by that. <laughs> um, and I also try to equip teachers so that they can navigate these realities, right? 
um, give them actionable advice, give them resources that they can use. It's all about helping them to, like you said before, to stand out, to understand value and find this direction that's gonna fit them because it's not the same for everyone. And uh, it's really draining at times. It can be really tough to to be positive, but sure. I have kind of a, uh, I've created a zero tolerance policy in my world for negativity among teachers, which you kind of mentioned before that sometimes you see kind of people slightly attacking each other or things. And mm-hmm. um, it's something that I try to nip in the bud when I see it and not stand for either in my communities or in communities that I'm involved in um, and celebrate the small stuff. Yeah, it's perfectly like understandable, you know, that there's going to be days where things work against you. You got to pay bills. You need to make money. You need, like, absolutely. I a hundred percent get that. And it's, it's, I think it's that attitude of like, I can just stay where I am right now and complain and, and, and be negative about it. Or I can try to apply these things or try to do these things or test, at least test out these things to find out what works for me. Because I think another criticism is, well, I tried this method or I tried this way of doing things or I tried this system that you did, Christina. It didn't work for me. Right. So therefore, everything's terrible and you're terrible. Well, <laughs> right. And again, just because something doesn't work for you doesn't, doesn't mean it's not going to work for someone else. Or just right. because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It's like, you know, I kind of use this analogy of like, I can give you all the ingredients to bake an amazing cake. But even if we use the same ingredients, the result's going to be different, right? What comes yeah. out of the oven is going to be different. So it might be better, it might be worse, it might taste better to some people than others, it might look better to some people than others. And that's the beauty of who we are and what we do as teachers and educators. And that's what we want to focus on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, strange analogy, but it's just I always try to analogize things to make them <laughs> okay. more relevant. Um, so anyway, um, could you share some insights into your um, digital courses, your coaching methods? Like, What do you do to help teachers secure better opportunities, Christina? Uh, So I try to focus on, like I mentioned before, giving actions that teachers can take to improve their chances in the job market. So steps like um, using AI to understand how to upgrade your CV or utilizing new search skills in order to find those companies that are not listed in social media, all right, Um, to find people that value you. So I try to give it a personal touch, right? I like to... Talk to the people beforehand, understand what are their strengths, how can I help them, what are they trying to accomplish, and uh, I'm really big on over-delivering, so I I really like to give everybody something extra if it's not included in the course or whatever it is that you purchased or asked me for, it doesn't matter. It's If you need it, I'm going to give it to you so Mm -hmm. that you have those tools and that confidence to get out there and try to find a job. Awesome. And that's a great example for our students and our clients as well. Under promise, over deliver, right? So that they have a great experience and they hopefully are able to continue learning with you or refer you or, you know, exactly. present other opportunities for you. So I think that's that's wonderful. And again, I like this approach of polishing your resume. A lot of times, you know, in my experience, sometimes looking at resumes, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And like five minutes, 10 minutes could make a huge difference. Um, and again, you might have strengths and skills that you don't even know about until someone else looks at them and says, actually, you should really emphasize this. You should really stress this or talk about this more. So I think that's a really nice approach as well. Um, What are some key qualities or strategies that you emphasize for teachers and, you know, kind of, you know, we're aiming for well-paying jobs, working with good companies. Um, How do we kind of link all that together? 
Uh, be ready for change. I change with the times, keep learning new things all the time. Uh, I always tell teachers, get comfortable with technology. It's now a big part of our job. AI is here, whether you like it, agree with it, or want it or not, it's not going anywhere. There's something like over 40,000 artificial intelligence apps alone, and now we have GPTs. So get used to it. It's going to be part of our job. Also, networking. All about who you know, make strong connections. This is why it's really important to uh, be careful about what you post online, what you say online, especially in public forums or teacher groups. Right? It's support each other, not tear each other down. Right? And when it comes to showing who you are to a potential employer, uh, keep it professional, genuine, right? whether it's on your LinkedIn page or on your intro video, Right. Little details are the things that can truly set you apart and getting a company's attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful advice. Great advice. And I like this as well, what, you, what you've mentioned here. Um, again, networking, I think, is, is fantastic. And through this podcast, I've been able to make, meet some amazing people, have some great connections, some great opportunities, get more involved in some things, help others, connect other people. So Absolutely, networking is, is huge, whether that's on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever you do. Um, and yes, also be careful what you post. Yeah. I should probably Very give important. a better example because sometimes, like like you, I get a little bit upset about it. But yeah, this is really important as well. So good yeah. advice. Um, can you discuss the role of webinars and Facebook communities in, in fostering this community and, and sharing learning? Like, how do you do this, Christina? Um, you know, it's kind of like, it, it's hard for us being, especially online teachers, those of us who are online, we do feel kind of uh, alone, you know, it's not like you have somebody sitting next to you working every day. So it really does help build that sense of community to have that kind of virtual office, so to speak, to go to where you share stories, talk about what's working, what's not working. I need help with this. Can somebody give me a recommendation? And it's great because you can ask all kinds of questions all day long from teachers all over the world. And uh, webinars are great because they're constantly helping you teach or helping you learn new things and allowing people to teach you their methods or their ways of doing things. And even if they're doing the exact same thing as you're doing, everybody teaches a little bit differently. Everybody works a little bit differently. So it's always good to have that extra point of view and see things from a different view. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I think so. And again, you know, when we talk about webinars, um, it's about adding value and, and helping people to feel like they have a, an environment, a space where they can share and, and communicate and connect, which I think a lot of people sometimes forget. They think it's just, oh, someone's going to sell me something. Well, that might be one element of it for sure, right. but not the only element of it. And if you can add value along the way, then that's then that's what it's all about, I think. Um, this is a this is a really important question that I want to ask you, Christina, because I see this all the time. Um, you know, I didn't get hired. I don't know why. I got rejected. I don't know why. Or this company is racist. Or this company is sexist. Or this company discriminates against X Y Z. So how can teachers better prepare themselves for this kind of who gets hired and why? Especially in you know it's a very competitive market. So how can teachers better prepare themselves for this and and maybe maybe anticipate or try to work with these companies and what they're looking for? 
Yeah, that's always a hard question to answer for teachers. It says, you know, I keep applying and I'm not getting hired and I don't understand why. There's a lot of factors that could go into that and there's a lot of different questions that need to be asked to understand, to be understood. But in order to prepare for that, I guess it's really kind of what you talked a little bit about before, about setting yourself apart. Like you said that you talk about teachers needing to really kind of find their niche and make sure that they're unique. Whether it's your teaching style, maybe you're quirky or shy or silly, or it's your background and your experience or the hobbies, whatever it that is, be that, bring that into everything that you do. That is your persona. That is who you are. And so keep it genuine, right? But also let people see it. Right? Bring it into your interviews, into your teaching demos. See, yes, there are companies that they are looking for a list of qualifications in a CV when they're first reviewing CVs, but that doesn't mean that that's all you are. They want to see who you are, what you're going to bring to the team, what can you do for students. And uh, it's also not just that, but where you apply and how you apply. Target your applications and your CVs to companies that are going to fit you. If you see that they are not offering jobs to somebody that you don't qualify for it, then don't just cast a net and apply for everything. You're wasting your time, energy, where you could be really focused. And um, yeah, unfortunately, companies ask for ridiculous things and they do discriminate. And uh, it's not a quick fix. It's a, it's a huge amount of effort that we'll have to put in and time and strategy in order to change something like that because it's on a global scale. But in the meantime, Stop catering to those places, refuse to yes. work with yes. them, talk about them, and then refocus your efforts on finding places that are not closed minded. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if, if we keep if we keep like uh, applying for these jobs and taking these jobs and and working with these companies that ask more and more and pay less and less, then it's it's gonna be gonna be a race to the bottom. And again, you know, there's certain markets where if I live in a certain country, 10 bucks an hour is great, five bucks an hour is okay. So it just depends on your situation. So I do understand that um, for yeah. sure. But I think the main thing probably is about mindset and getting teachers and educators to think a different way about how they approach this whole this whole journey. So in your opinion, what are some mindset shifts or practical steps that teachers can take to kind of challenge this notion? They say like, oh, you know, that's just the way it is. Or like, we can't do anything. Like we don't have any choice. Um, how can we drive this change and kind of get people to think differently about it? Oh, I love hearing that sentence. It's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, first, uh, believe change is possible, right? It's crucial for teachers to also recognize that together we have a collective strength, right? It's not just about not, not accepting the subpar conditions or unfair treatments, right? It's um, if something feels off, you have to start conversations about it, share stories, don't keep it quiet. Uh, stand together. We deserve something better. Small little acts, but by large numbers of people, it can truly make things happen and ignite change. So we have to remember that the standards in our industry are only going to change when we decide to change them. And nothing great ever came from just going with the flow and saying, mm, just the way it is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What um what motivates you then in your mission to bring about awareness and change? Like what what do you really advocate for and push for, Christina, with your clients? 
Uh, you know, I respect my career and I love what I do. And I also really respect and love not just my students, but learners around the world, right? Essentially what we do is we are a service. We provide a service to students to teach them English, to build their confidence, to give them knowledge. So in my mind, it is a service and those students deserve the best service and education that we can provide them. And uh, that is one of the reasons I do it. Uh, other is uh, for teachers like us, because we also deserve to be treated, respected, and paid as professionals. Uh, the industry has definitely become divided, and uh, I think it's time to motivate others to see this, to become aware of it, and then it come together again, because the, we need to make changes, but for everyone, for learners and for teachers alike. Sorry, a lot of sounds here. All right. Um, so looking ahead, Christina, what initiatives or discussions would you like to see more of in the ESL community? And how can we further enhance the profession? It's funny. I went to ChatGPT about a week ago with a list of things and was like, these are the things that drive me crazy about the industry. And what can I do to start making change? Uh, getting uh, an interview and talking on the podcast was one of those things. So thank you. Um, apart from what I, what we talked about in company treatment, I think the other thing to focus on is um, what we consider qualified when it comes to training and education. TEFL certificates have kind of become like this little tick box that we put on an application, but no one actually asks about where it came from other than the fact that it came from a real company. Uh, there's no questions about the kind of training the teacher received, if they have practical experience. Most importantly, they don't even teach to know if the teacher can truly have a, a, a level of English to really teach people at a certain level. So the question then should be, are the certificates necessary? If so, how do we ensure that they're really training teachers? Or if they're not necessary, what is the other educational standard that we need? Right? We want to be considered professionals, so how can we do that? And uh, the other thing is uh, I mentioned briefly earlier on in the very beginning was uh, passports do not make a good teacher. I know you said you've mentioned that on your show quite a few times, but... Um, it's something that's still quite common in job postings all over the place uh, where they list the countries that they consider native speakers. And it, it just really limits our industry on reaching some really, truly talented educators because yeah. they are out there, but not always in those countries. And it limits the companies and the students from getting the best possible teachers as well. Because if you're only saying, well, we can only work with these five countries when there's maybe 200 different nationalities in the world, then... Why do that? Right. Of course, we right. need to we need to have a system. We need to make sure teachers are qualified and they have the experience and the skills necessary. But there can definitely be other ways to do that instead of just mm. doing this arbitrary kind of what passport do you have? What uh, you know, how do you look? What's your gender? What's your race? Like, you know, these things are ridiculous and outdated. And we really need to start pushing against that and, and striving for change. So um, tell me, Christina, how can our listeners connect with you and find out more about what you do? Uh, well, as we've talked about, I'm definitely on Facebook. Uh, Christina, ESL teacher, mentor, all smushed together uh, is how you will find me. Otherwise, um, all of my course offerings uh, are and my coaching is available at eslteachermentor.com. 
basically, the aim for me is to provide low-cost courses. I'm not trying to sell courses of hundreds of dollars because I understand that when you're looking for a job, you don't always have money. So my plan is to keep expanding my offerings uh, through this, to keep them low-cost, to keep packaging and bundling available. And uh, also, we talked a little bit about AI earlier. I do have um, a webinar coming up on the 27th of this month. Uh, it is about a using AI in the job process. And it is a bit of that learning how companies and job websites use algorithms to evaluate CVs, to screen them before they are reaching anyone's hands. How can AI help you uh, get noticed by those algorithms? And also, how can you use it for other things in the job process, like scripting intro videos or advice for planning demo lessons? Fantastic. Those are all fantastic. And what I'll do as well is I'll link the Facebook um, link below, and then I'll also link your website below. So if anyone who's interested, they can find out more and get in touch with Christina as well. Thank, Thank you for that really interesting uh, chat. And uh, I really learned a lot. And I hope our listeners now have a bit more confidence, hopefully, and a little bit more encouragement to navigate the online ESL job market. Thanks, Christina. Thanks. Thank you so much. Many thanks, as always, to our special guest, Christina. Thank you for taking time to meet us today and to share your insights, your experience, and your knowledge on navigating the online ESL job market. It can be really tricky for a lot of teachers to find stable, consistent, and rewarding work. So I hope you found her tips and advice useful, and hopefully you can put those into practice in the future. If you do have any more questions or you'd like to know anything else about Christina, you can follow the links below this episode description. Or you can reach out to us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. You can also contact us through the website esl-talk.com. And don't forget to subscribe if you're not already subscribed so you can get the last few episodes of Season 6 as soon as they come out, as well as any bonus content or materials that we will post. If you prefer the visual form, then do go to our YouTube channel, um, which is ESL Talk Podcast, if you prefer it that way. And again, don't forget, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, just go to the website esl-talk.com. You can click the Be a Guest button and you can fill in a few details to be a future guest in our upcoming episodes. Now, one last reminder for all of you teachers out there, if you're looking for a way to save time, save energy, save yourself the hassle of planning, preparation and games and activities, things like that, don't forget to check out our sponsor esl-curriculum.com with 750 plus and counting uh, activities, lessons, games, and more for you to use for your online lessons. And you can start with a free two-week trial. Just go to esl-curriculum.com. That is it for today. We will see you next week for another brand new episode. Thank you so much for your support and thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.